Hi, everybody. Welcome to Field Chats, Environmental Action Civics Essentials, episode number nine, brought to you by us, the Earth Force program team. I'm Kristen, program manager with Earth Force, and today I'm here with Taylor and Sarah, and we also have Haley on the production side. Taylor, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, hi everyone. This is Taylor, Colorado Program Manager with Earthforce. So excited to be here. What's up, y'all? It's Sarah Jennings, uh, Program Manager over here in the Chesapeake Bay region. And like I said, I'm Kristen, Program Manager on the national side. So we always like to start our podcast episodes off with a fun question. Um, and in the spirit of the season, we are going to be talking about what's our favorite fall activity? I'll go first, because uh, yesterday was a big family event of pumpkin carving. So we got together and everybody got a pumpkin, carved out a little jack-o'-lantern. So that's one of my favorites. Yeah, that pumpkin witch that you did is like next level, Taylor. Maybe we can feature that in the, in the post. It's really great. Um, yeah, I this is my very favorite time of the year to get outside and, and hike. Um, it's just so much cooler and you can just layer up and um, yeah, just like, can I say this? Have a good beer at a brewery after? Like it's a nice combo with the foliage and everything. It's like perfect, perfect weather to be outside and get in some serious miles. What about you, Kristen? Um, this is not a very outdoorsy option, but my favorite fall activity is a little bit of reflection. Um, it's a, you know, the turning of the season always has me feeling a little yeah. a little bit um, transitional, and I, I like to take some time to reflect, maybe write down some stuff, and that always goes hand-in-hand hand with being outside for me. So today, we are going to be talking all about problem finding as it relates to environmental action civics. Um, we talk about problems a lot. We have a lot of problems, and I know you all do too, but today we're going to be talking about problem finding, which really is the crux of the first step of the Earth Force process and also gets a little bit into step two. So we're going to go over what do we even mean when we talk about problem finding, how that compares to problem solving, which I know is always something that could really be top of mind. Like we're trying to solve things and that can kind of be a little bit of a jump to the gun, right? Uh, we're going to talk about why we even start here. Sarah's going to cue us in on some of that. And we'll finish off by talking about how to actually do it, how to find your problem and share out some resources there at the end. So to bring it back up to the question of the hour is what do we even mean when we say problem finding? Uh, our CEO, Vince Meldrum, wrote a really wonderful blog post and he laid it out so well for us. Vince wrote, while we're all familiar with education focused on problem solving, Approaches based on problem finding are much less known. Problem finding education differs from problem solving in several ways, and that's really what we're going to talk about here. So Vince helps us out by saying that problem finding is really exploratory, and again, that's really what we're focusing on in step one. Problem finding really gets to identifying the underlying issue, while problem solving is more focused on finding that solution. So we're talking about two ends of the same process. So essentially, at the end of the day, problem finding is something that you're doing in a proactive way, while problem solving is more reactive. And if you're looking at the Earth Force process and you're starting at step one, it's really focused on investigation all around. So before you even get to, your, to finding your problem, you've got some work to do in that investigation stage, defining your community, defining your needs, and investigating your own concerns. What things do you care about and, and why? So when we're talking about concerns, 
Um, and we're looking at our community, things that we see, that we notice, that we're observing. Those are strengths and concerns, things that we can physically see or hear or understand in conversation. So a concern is something that we observe. For example, we might see that there is lots of litter on the ground in our community. But a problem, moving from concern to problem, is that that problem is really a refined instance of that concern where we say, okay, there's litter on the ground, but we acknowledge as a community that it's an issue that someone that we all care about um, and it's a concern from our students. Yeah, that's a great way to approach um, what we're talking about and just making those definitions and how problem solving and problem finding are two very different approaches to whether it's climate education, environmental education, or honestly just education in general, right? It's this participatory education that we're talking about being actively involved in your learning. Mm-hmm. So why do this, right? Like, um, I think about as a prior teacher, a lot of the times we we center education on on building knowledge of something and actually starting with students being able to identify why do I need to understand this and make sense for it themselves before they even know what this is, is like a pretty different way to approach education. So centering education on problems that students are motivated to explain shifts the learning from talking about a topic to figuring out why or how something's happening and digging into that systems thinking. And, you know, I think most of us hopefully listening, um, you know, are whether you're, you're in some kind of education space. And so hopefully this resonates with you that we really all have a responsibility to prepare the next generation to address these conflict challenges of the climate crisis. And, you know, really the best way to do this is by teaching problem finding, slowing down your thinking, not making inferences right away. Um, And this approach will really equip students with the skills, right? Um, The skills to identify and analyze complex problems, then develop innovative solutions. This is a a great way to be proactive, teaching young people, other life skills, such as taking responsibility, setting goals, managing time effectively, you know, then solving problems. And so this leads in turn to greater success with the problem solving. That makes sense, right? You've taken all this time to set up, you know, is this a real problem collecting data? Um, And then it builds that self-efficacy, self-confidence, resilience in yourself, resilience in the community, And in the context, for example, of climate education, um, it's really, um, you know, it's a proactive approach that empowers young people to take action and make a positive impact on any environmental issue rather than help feeling helpless or overwhelmed by the magnitude of that issue because it's localizing it. So um, this is these are all the reasons why this is really the best kind of approach to, you know, whether it's it's any kind of environmental action improving your community is to start with the problem finding. So yeah, Taylor, do you want to tell us a bit more about how to do that? Absolutely, because that's kind of where everything begins with the Earth Force process. Starting at step one, it's titled the Community Environmental Inventory, and you really start by defining your community and really understanding what parameters in which you'll be operating in, like where will this investigation take place, and then identifying not only collecting data, not only like the 
quantitative pieces, but those qualitative pieces as well. And so a list of those kind of inventory or investigative methods can be found in our quick start guide with step one. Um, and then kind of going into those qualitative pieces as well, such as, you know, focusing on students' lived experiences, you know, what are they experiencing day to day? Um, and that student-led research and discussion throughout that process and really engaging in that participatory education. And that's kind of where we have this new tool. It's a youth toolkit that is really student-facing that really engages those students in the process of problem finding um, and so on throughout the, the process. And that, that engagement really gives them that, you know, shared responsibility, shared decision-making through identifying those things. You know, what issues or concerns have surfaced through this process and working together to then identify what they want to address in step two. And so um, a quick example, kind of using a lens as well, you know, we could talk about waste streams, you know, and a student group, you know, collected information about waste streams at their school, and they found a lot of interesting things that it's concerning to them, you know, how would they decide the problem? Is it big enough? Um, do we care? Are we enthusiastic about it? and which problem we'd want to move forward with. So like under the lens of waste streams, you know, they say the community was surveyed and majority also agree that it's a concern of theirs. You know, number two is data supports this as a problem. You know, they found that 50 pounds of food are thrown out in their garbage each day in their cafeteria. And number three is their peers are concerned or worried about it as well. So it's kind of this combination of qualitative and quantitative things like, oh, the food, the waste we're concerned with in our community, you know, folks thinks it's a problem. We find that we've, we're throwing out all this waste. And so having a clear problem statement makes the rest of the process easier. So they've identified its community need that they want to concern. And so maybe then diving deeper into maybe a root cause analysis. So identifying like, oh, okay, what is causing this thing? So it's kind of this process of information gathering so that when you go into the, the later steps, you'll be able to find an effective solution or a strategy, actually, an effective strategy to that action. And some non-examples would maybe be composting or, or a teacher-selected activity, like Sarah was mentioning before, having that ability to select from the students. Um, so those are some really unique things to think about when you're engaging in step one. And hopefully you'll, you'll check out our resources and the quick start guide that are there and integrate it into your, to your classroom or whatever learning environment or groups that you're engaging with young folks. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed our breakdown of problem finding and a little bit of a deep dive into step one of the Earth Force process. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you need some more information about problem finding, please check out our resources on step one, including that quick start guide that Taylor mentioned, and it's as well as linked in the show notes. You can also read that full blog post that we mentioned by Vince, The Importance of Problem Finding in Climate Change Education. And if you like what you heard, go ahead and leave a comment. Or if there's a topic that you want us to cover in the future, go ahead and leave us a comment. We will see you in two weeks for our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining.